Welcome back to another episode of Drew and Co. Unplugged. Zach and I once again dive into college football, transfer portal news, coaching changes, all things Ohio State. Please enjoy this episode, leave some feedback, and look forward to what's coming next. Well, if it isn't the infamous Zamboni Zach. Oh, man. We doing that again? Oh, my God. Why do you sound like that? What? You do I sound like easily? this. I'm sorry. I got a stuffy nose, too. Just say, just real quick, <laughs> say, say maze. Maze. <laughs> maze. <laughs> Any grown-ups fans out there? Maze. Maze. It's amazing. 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 <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I've been I've been a little under the weather. I'm still on the come up, but I'm a little stuffy. So if I sound like an elephant too, because I gotta blow my nose at some point, I apologize. But you know, we're getting there. Well, see, hearing you talk like this today makes me feel a little better that we didn't record on like, I don't know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. That's true. <laughs> That's true, because I'm doing much better today, but you know. Shoot, man. Um, we've been, I mean, like I just said, we've been trying to get this recording done for, feels like, oh, it really feels like a long time yeah, since we did our last recording because we did it, right. when did we do it? We published it the 13th. So it was all, it's been like six, well, we recorded it though, probably like a day or two before. Yeah. So it's been about eight days since we recorded. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a, maybe a couple halfway exciting things have happened since then. Nothing, nothing too crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, first and foremost, um, in our last recording, actually, the head coaching position for Alabama had not been announced. It got announced, I think, like right. the next day. Yeah. Naturally. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Washington's head coach, Caleb DeBoer, I think that's how you say it, uh, yep. is now the head coach for Alabama. And I feel like every five minutes that I load social media, I see an Alabama player in the transfer portal. <laughs> yeah. And people are like, shocked by it but i'm not because at the end of the day like when these kids sign up to play at alabama they were signing up to play for nick saban and it's not anything against DeBoer, but at the end of the day it's a big big difference going from washington to alabama yeah I mean, even just leaving the the Pac-12 and going to the SEC is a big difference. Yeah, I mean, first off, like, the the rise through the ranks um, that DeBoer has had um, is really crazy. Like, if you look at his, um, you know, kind of his resume and, like, his background and stuff, like, I mean, he was coaching – like a high school in South Dakota or something. And then he went to like a South Dakota state and then like a a couple other places, Fresno state. Like he's really 
come up through the ranks of these really small schools. And like, yeah, he's had some, some success at Washington, but you know, like I said last time, is anybody ever going to live up to what Saban did? There's no freaking way. And um, like you said, man, all these kids came to play for Saban, you know I mean? Like, like, Alabama, frankly, was was nobody until Nick Saban got there. And just kind of my, you know, my um, my thought is, is this going to happen again? You know what I mean? Like, is Saban, like Saban was Alabama, right? Like he he was that yeah. that good. Are I mean, they he was the first be, guy since Bear Bryant. Yeah, I, I mean, are they going to be um, the same Alabama we've seen the past, you know, fifteen years? moving forward i don't think so i i I know i know so there's no way and are they going to remain elite you know as far as a playoff team every year maybe um but they're taking a big hit and kalen DeBoer, man he's he's a good coach i I like what he's done at washington but um he's no nick saban you know and again nobody else is but um it's going to be interesting to see how he, he navigates all this you know he's brought a lot of his washington um players and commits with him and stuff but you know the amount of talent they're losing out of out of tuscaloosa right now is it's pretty bad it's pretty bad yeah well so he actually started off just to give people a little timeline here um he is from sioux falls i think that's how you say it south dakota he started out as an assistant coach at Washington Hill High School. After two years there, he went. Up, he got bumped up to offensive coordinator from uh, at the University of Sioux Falls, 2000 to 2004, and then from 05 to 09, he was the University of Sioux Falls head coach. Then he went to Cal State Fresno for one season. University of Washington for two seasons. Uh, he did win three NAIA football national championships. That was in 06, 8, and 9. That was with the uh, University of Sioux Falls. And now he's at Alabama. Um, that's, uh, like I said, going from the Pac-12 to um, – the SEC alone is a major transition just yeah. in the overall style of football that's played. And I would say the same thing if he, if they went to the big 10, uh, if they went to the big 12, I would say it's the exact same conference because it is. Um, and even the ACC, I, I even like, they're just, you know, they exist. Um, yeah. It, I well, I mean, you and I, we had talked on that last podcast that I I thought one hundred percent that Dan Lanning was going to be the coach at Alabama. Yeah, and yeah. and for those of you who don't know who Dan Lanning is, that's the uh, Oregon head coach. I mean, they had even talked about it throughout the season that you know. Whenever Nick Saban retires, we feel like this guy could really be a good potential replacement. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's what I got to say about the the coaching thing there. And then I mean we talked about the transfer portal a little bit with Alabama. I mean, 
uh, Ohio State is thriving on it, <laughs> thanks to <laughs> Saban's retirement. Yeah, you ain't kidding, man. I I am. Um, uh, I, I was just texting my uncle a little bit, and um, of course he asked, you know, you see the news? You see the news? And I and uh, I told him I was like, man, I'm like a I'm like a kid on Christmas Eve right now. Like this stuff to me is is my Christmas present. Like I'm not gonna sleep tonight. Uh, <laughs> it's it's gonna take me a while to come down from this. But yeah, landing landing Caleb Downs, man. This this uh, Saban retirement thing just started. A, uh, a chain reaction, a, a domino effect of just absolute madness. And, um, you know, it, it's the timeline of it is kind of, um, you know, I guess for, for Ohio State and some of these schools is, uh, is wonderful. Um, but for Alabama, it was really untimely. And, um, you know, again, I, I don't know if this was a uh, he, he has, by the way, said, um, I know we mentioned last night, last uh, podcast, that there was a rumor his wife might be sick. He did do an interview and said, you know, that it's nothing like that. It's just, you know, he felt there was a time. It, it was time to step away. So glad everything's everyone's healthy there. But um, the timing of this couldn't be any worse because you have all these kids who just signed for the 2024 class that arrived on campus, you know, January 8th or whatever, and then just here a few days later. You know these kids. The ink is barely dry on their, uh, on their ni or not nils. Their uh, whatever it's called. The uh, their letter of intent, LOIs, and um, you know, and Saban leaves. You know, the guy that they committed to play for leaves. So like, it's kind of, he almost kind of did those kids dirty, and um, you know, because those kids, it's it's hard for them to, you know, now that classes have started at other colleges and stuff. Like you got to deal with all the academic side of, you know, transferring to a place. Um, you know, a new school within just a week or two of starting the semester, which, you know, is, is really um, I, I've transferred colleges multiple times and it's a headache. So I can only imagine what they're going through. And then, you know, you've got all these teams poaching their talent, um, all these different commits from high school, you know, committed for like a 25 class are are leaving. So really, like, it's hard. And again, I, I know Saban, you know, he he did what he had to do when he had to do it. But, um, man, I, I really – the timing of it was really unfortunate for Kalen DeBoer and, um, you know, these kids who um, who are on the Alabama program. So, it's it's crazy. Again, you know, High State's benefiting from it, which is uh, wonderful. But, um, you know, and, again, I'm not going to sit here and act like I feel bad for Alabama. But, you know, I, I do feel bad for some of those kids just that, uh, you know, they could have had an opportunity to, to jump ship and go somewhere – um sooner had things happen a little quicker maybe after the season ended or something but you know it is what it is well i do think we'll probably see some movement once that semester ends going into summer i think there'll be additional movement right some of those kids will probably go ahead do the springtime slash that spring semester or whatever with alabama right, and, and what, maybe sorry. there might be some movement yeah, and sorry, I had to another thing. I forgot. I totally forgot to say too. With that is, yeah, you know, the portal window closed um, a couple weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, or whatever. But um, I didn't realize there was a rule that um, if a head coach leaves, then the players on that team have the the portal reopens for them only for thirty days. So even though they're the, uh, the other, the second technical like portal window isn't until spring. I, I don't know what date exactly. The Alabama players have 30 days after Saban retired that they are allowed to enter the portal now. And then when you think about, 
the the domino effect of that too is, you know, Washington's head coach, Kalen DeBoer, right? He leaves Alabama. So what that what's that do to Washington? Now Washington's players also have thirty days to that you know that opens up. They have that thirty day window that they can enter the portal. Then what happens? Arizona's Arizona's head coach he takes Washington's job. So Washington's player, sorry, Arizona's players get to enter the portal. So it it started this crazy, you know, ripple effect of like all these schools where all these coaching changes are happening that these kids are are able to enter the portal even though the portal's technically closed. It's just absolute madness. Yeah, it's caused for a really interesting January. That's for sure, with just the amount of players that are available and then obviously with all that news trickling down and, of course, uh, Ohio State being a major, major benefactor. Uh, Before we get into Ohio State, I – I have been dying, dying to bring this up because (laughs) I literally, I hate them all. I hate them all. (laughs) What we've been saying on this podcast since August of last year, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, is that, well, technically in August, we weren't really saying it yet. Normally, I think it was like late September, early October. That's when we were really saying it. But Michigan clearly cheated. Like we, I mean, we already knew this. It's not news. But your head coach is literally trying to get clauses put into his contract that states that pending any, um, any findings, investigation, any uh, suspensions of um, basically malpractice, so to speak, that he cannot be termed, like basically anti-termination clause for any NCAA violations that may come. If you're not guilty, you're not trying to get that in a contract, especially knowing that the media is going to get a hold of that. They're going to put it out there. And so, I mean, literally, he literally just confirmed, like, he... Jim Harbaugh had that's his confirmation that clearly one he knew about it two he lied about it on national tv every single time that he was ever asked about it and three he admitted it (laughs) yeah boy man again like why why ask for that language in your contract if you're not if you're not worried you know why um why take an nfl job um, you know, once you've got you, you've got your alma mater at the at the at the pinnacle, the top of college football, right? You just won a national championship. You should be on cloud nine, and you're trying to jump ship and go to the NFL as soon as possible. I, I mean, like, you know, his 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 words are not incriminating him whatsoever. It's his actions, right? Like, you know, the act of trying to get this, uh, you know, no fire clause or whatever um in your contract and um and again you know interviewing with all these he's clearly worried he knows something's coming um so do we obviously i mean it's there's no doubt about it i mean they're facing you know you look at what just happened with um florida state right they got hit with a couple like level two i think is what they call it like level two ncaa infractions and you know they got hit with some decent little 
decent, decent little penalties. Um, Michigan is facing multiple, multiple level one, which is, you know, the highest level of infractions that you're going to see. I, I mean, the hammer's coming, and, and he's doing his best to get away from it. You know, w- whether these penalties are going to carry over with him and follow him to the NFL, um, I don't know. With some people, they have. Some people, they haven't. It, it's, it's just going to depend. But either way, man, Michigan is cooked. Um, Harbaugh is blatantly saying, like, yep, yeah, we did it. That's my bad, you know. It, it, uh, all these players are leaving, right? McCarthy left, you know, Corum left. All these guys are declaring for the NFL. Like, they all know it's coming, man. And um, I'm, I'm enjoying every second of it. Oh, dude, I can't wait for that announcement of them just getting their suspensions, getting their bans getting the um, vacated title, vacated wins, going back down under 1,000. I'm looking forward to all that. Yeah, boy. And the funny thing is, though, their fan base is so freaking stupid. Like, if you read any social media, they're like, oh, who cares if he's asking for that? We need to hire him back immediately. And it's like – I mean, it literally, and, like, they're like that kid whenever you call them out on something, and they just go, so? <laughs> like, that's all, you know what I mean? It's it's wild. It's wild. And if, if Ohio State was ever, ever in something like that, the entire – college football world would literally be trying to crucify us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, it's just, I can't wait. I literally cannot wait. You got all these Michigan fans that are, oh, I've waited my whole life to see this. <laughs> I, I never thought it would come. This is the best thing I've ever had happen to me. Also, how do you live in Ohio and you're a Michigan fan? <laughs> like that's just uh, it, 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 that's something I just I cannot understand especially if you are like in our age group or older yeah Zero just those, people that wanna, that, those people that want to go against the grain you know what I mean like they just want to be different for the sake of being different like no real reason behind it you just you, you know you just want to you just want to ruffle some feathers and stick out in the crowd. And, you know, that's, that's all it is. It's like the kids in high school that used to pretend they were vampires. Oh, <laughs> we had those? <laughs> we, did I miss that? I, I missed that. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's, uh, I'll have to send you a video later on it. It's hilarious. Oh, yeah, Please. you'll... You'll get some laughter. <laughs> you will get some laughter of it. Um, yeah. It's, the other thing, now. too, like, sorry, the, the other thing, like, they've been saying all season is, like, you know, all, Harbaugh's not leaving. He's – they've been talking about this extension all year long, right? He's got this – oh, he's got this massive contract um, extension sitting on his desk. You know, it's just, you know, they're just working through it. But he's going to sign this massive extension that's going to – keep him at Michigan for like 10 years, blah, blah, blah. Like he, he supposedly, and I, I know there was an offer on the table. Absolutely. Like 
he had an offer, you know, that he would, they were probably going to make him the highest paid coach in college history. And, and he's leaving, you know what I mean? Like, again, that's just another thing. Like you, you're, you're coaching at your alma mater, which everybody wants to get to, you know, you're, you're, you're on top of the world. You just won a national championship. You, you've got the, this massive amount of money sitting on your desk and you're leaving. You're, you're trying to jump yeah. to the, the freaking, you know, Los Angeles chargers or, or whatever, which is who it looks like he's going to, he's going to end up with, but. Right. It, and it's, what person, what person in their right mind would turn? Cause I think, I don't know if it was 10 years for 125 million or 10 years for 150 million. Um, but it was something, he was either going to be making 12 and a half mil a year or 15 million a year. Yeah. And you got to ask yourself one, there's a bunch of NFL coaches that don't get paid that much. Yeah. Two, no NFL coach gets 10-year contracts. And three, why would you leave a guaranteed contract that you know you're set up for to go to a place like, I don't know, the Chargers, who are now about to be on their like third or fourth coach in like six years? Like – yeah, and even if you sign that deal, right? Uh, I mean, why wouldn't you at least sign that deal and hang around? And then if you decided in a year or two you want to go, or, or, or they got to fire you or whatever, like what would the the buyout of that contract would be ridiculous, right? Like, but he's trying to get the no fire clause, which I, I don't know. It's just crazy, like to think like you you wouldn't sign that deal, and then if they fire you, they got to pay you all this money still. I don't know. It's 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 wild. Yeah. Yeah, that's I uh I mean, it, like I said, the writing it's always been there and it's just it's funny to see. And I've been itching to bring that up because I hate them. I literally hate them. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 so it's so satis- satisfying right now. Like the Ever since you know our bowl game ended and the national championship ended, Michigan has just kept getting bad news day after day after day after day, and Ohio State has been getting good news day after day after day after day. So, um, freaking loving it. Well, yeah, and you—I don't know if you noticed. Um, so, like Michigan, the day after Michigan won the national championship, for some reason, all the major media outlets were posting that Ohio State was holding their open walk-on tryouts. <laughs> yeah. As if, like, and, and by that time, actually, Ohio State did theirs later. A lot of other teams had already done theirs. And that, that shit never gets announced in national media like that. But <laughs> they're trying to, you know, generate this narrative. And But now all these media, they're real quiet, real quiet. Other than yeah, just announcing that X, Y, and Z players are headed to Ohio State, they, they're not talking about it whatsoever because we keep getting player after player after player. Um, yeah. So uh, do you have any other, like, comments on extra stuff, or do you want to – are you are you wanting to talk about Ohio State a little bit? I know you said that you got, like, at least 10 minutes worth of content on it. 
<laughs> Only ten? <laughs> <laughs> you mean do you? I'm sorry, you pronounced hours wrong. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, no, no, I think I'm good. I mean, I mean, again, we talked about the Bama stuff. We talked about the Michigan stuff. Um, yeah, let's go to the Buckeyes. Uh, well, um, lots of different stuff. Well, number one, since our podcast, uh, we got Will Howard, right? So, yeah, I mean, we had him, we, I think we had him before last podcast, technically, but, right? Did yeah, we? we did. We talked no, about him a little thought, bit last podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I we did. I thought we were just prospecting him. I'd have to look at that um, again. I haven't, I haven't re-listened to it. Yeah, we had, we've got him and Judkins, and Sean Judkins. Yeah, we talked about no, that No, we didn't. No, we didn't have Judkins at the time. Judkins was uh, highly favored to sign at the time. We didn't actually have him yet. He announced – we just talked about how insane it was. Because at that point it was like, hey, it hadn't been announced yet, but we already knew type of thing. And I think the Will Howard thing might have been in the same scenario, maybe not. Oh, well, if not um, – and I think also, I think this person had already signed um, the center from Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. He had signed. Um, either way, though, uh, how freaking wild is it? And I'll just, even if we talked about it last time, I'll just bring it up real quick that yeah. we've got Judkins and Trevion in the backfield. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I mean, again, I, I've talked about both of them at different points this year. And, um, you know, arguably the two best running backs in the country are, are going to be with High State next year. So it, it's it's going to be absolutely amazing. You know, just with Travion's um, injury, injury history, you know, he's obviously phenomenal when he's healthy. But, you know, he does get dinged up every single year. So to know that we got Judkins um, – as a uh, as a backup, he's more than a solid backup, man. He's a, he's he's a starter. I mean, you can pretty much like it, it, on the depth chart. Sometimes they always, you know, it's always like um, a lot of times it's either like you know this person, then this person, this this. But whenever they have like co-starters, they'll put like Travion Henderson or uh, Quinchon Jenkins. So you can kind of put the or next to their name, like it's it's almost like they're co-starters because. Um, again, they're both – they could both start for any team in the country, man. So, it, it's just uh, an embarrassment of riches back there for sure. And, you know, I, I feel somewhat bad for like a Dale, Dallin Hayden sort of just because, you know, I, I feel like he keeps he keeps thinking he's going to have an opportunity to shine. And every time he's got in there, man, the past couple of years, like he's looked really good. He's been real, a really efficient runner. Like he's not, you know, some insane freak of nature, you know, speedster but like he's just such a, a very effective tailback like he's always got a really good um you know yards per carry or whatever like um so I kind of feel bad that he's not really going to get his chance but you know at the same time man like he's you know he's he's a, a Travion Henderson injury away from uh you know from getting a lot of touches or a Judkins injury from getting a lot of touches so you know I think he'll probably still get in the game a little bit um but uh but yeah at the same time man it would I would I take Judkins over you know, am I glad we got him over Dallin Hayden? Sure, absolutely. So, yeah, it's going to be crazy. So, I did want to throw this out there, too, before we get too in-depth. Um, Ohio State fans, 
you guys all bitched and moaned after the performance that happened against Missouri in the bowl game about how Ryan Day should lose his job and that he needs to get in the transfer portal and he needs to make these changes. Well, he did it, and he keeps doing it. Like, like you're getting exactly what you all whined for. I mean, that I think all of that invents Tom, in my opinion. Um, because that's, you know, that was the big thing. They were like, oh, he just doesn't take it serious, or he he just he can't handle it. He's not in the portal. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. And it's like, uh, I think he's feeling the heat. I think I think he knows that this year is a really important year for his career and his future at Ohio State. Um, and I think that he has truthfully slid the chips to the center of the table, and he's going all in this season. And, I mean, just judging by this offseason we've had, what we've got coming back, I I mean, they might not, you know, the, the odds and all that shit, they may not rank us up there in the top three, but – I think that we're one of the one of the favorites for the title next year. Early, early prediction. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, again, like the the one thing that I, I've always said about Day, like every single year that we've that you know he's been coached, like you know people have these complaints about him at the end of the year, and um, he always makes changes every single year. Like I, I could sit here and go back, you know, year after year. I'm not going to do that, but you, you know, like his first year taking over, right. Um, the quarterback room's not good. So what's he do? He goes and lands Justin Fields, you know, the, uh, you know, the, one of the best players to ever be in the transfer. Well, actually, I don't know. That might've been before the portal portal, but anyways, you know, he goes and gets Justin Fields, you know, the, the, a couple years after that, the defense is miserable. Um, so what's he do? He fires the entire defensive staff and, you know, he makes changes and gets Jim Knowles. Now the, the, you know, the, defense has been corrected right um last year you know he took a swing I, I, this is kind of just you know the uh little uh insider stuff that never got out there but you know he took a swing at drake may from from the guys that i listened to and um you know um mac brown kind of told him to stand down but like he he tried you know what i mean it's it's you know everybody can say like oh he didn't have quarterback talent last year uh, you know, with McCord and stuff, but you know, it wasn't left for lack of trying. And then you can see what he's doing this year, man. Like he's swinging a, a, as as hard as possible this off season. So, you know, for anybody that says like he's he's just you know complacent or you know he he doesn't make changes, that's complete and utter BS. Because he he's fired coach after coach. You know, he's brought in transfer player after transfer player. You know, landed major commits. Um, and he's making the necessary changes. So there, there's no doubt about that. Like, you know, for people who say, you know, they want Ryan Day gone, I'm sorry, you're an idiot. Um, I, 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 I'm absolutely all in on Day. Day is all in on, you know, making the right changes and, and getting the ship righted for next year. And um, I, I, I love every single move that he's made. And, you know, we can talk about that more coming up. But um, he's doing all the right things, man. And I, I am completely 100% team Day. Uh, I really am. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, I'll, I'll stick by my same statement that I made earlier in the year. Name me somebody who's better 
that's available. Name me somebody who's better that we're going to take from someone else. Yep. Yeah, boy. And you see that you see that Bama couldn't land. You know, people want to bring up, oh, well, Dan Lanning or uh, Steve Sarkeesian or throw out any name. Alabama couldn't land those guys. So why the heck would Ohio State? Right. So that's just my big thing is, sure, firing the coach is a great idea until you actually have to go look for a coach. Yeah. And, and you know, maybe um, maybe on the, on the back end, you know, maybe – Athletic director might have been, you know, prospecting and looking at the field of what's available just to, you know, see. But again, there's nothing there. And, you know, what's funny is I actually, this is bringing the NFL into it for a second. A lot of people right now, I keep seeing that whole fire Mike McCarthy from Dallas. (laughs) Yeah. And I personally don't get it. Now, I, I know because some people are like, oh, he doesn't win big games, yada, yada, yada. Um, or that his play calling might get really conservative when it matters most. But the thing that gets me is, one, he's had back-to-back 12-1 seasons. Two, the dude did not throw interceptions. He did not fumble the football. He did not blow coverage and allow wide-open passes. So it's like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's one of those things. It's like um, they literally – Mike McCarthy did not let Jordan Love from Green Bay, who's not very good, look like he's really good. And that's – but that's the concept that fans don't get. They're, that's their first thing. When something doesn't go right, fire the coach. And it's like, well, the coach does the preparation, puts a plan together. But the executor of the plan is the players, and it's always the coach that's brought up first. And I'm like, man, like, yeah. I think there's a serious lack of player accountability. Yeah. And yeah, that was that was my big like right. like with Ohio State, for example, going into our bowl game, the lack of player accountability after that game because it was all about fire Ryan Day, fire Ryan Day, and it's like, well, first off, Ryan Day didn't give up. 457 pressures. He wasn't out there at deep at a at a fucking left guard giving up blocks. You know what I mean? That's but that's as dumb as that sounds. Though that's the mentality that these people have. They act like the coaches are out there throwing the football and running it and fumbling it. It's like no. Now, can you put some blame on it? Like, uh, you know, Ohio State only had six practices, like legitimate practices going into the bowl game. Sure. Blame some preparation. I'm all for that. But when you talk about player performance, man, that's like just one thing. It's a big pet peeve of mine. That's why I'm on this little tangent about it is I cannot stand the lack of accountability when it comes to the players. Everyone just assumes it's always the coach's fault. And it's like, yeah, the coach isn't the one out there that's supposed to be breaking tackles and running a, a four three forty. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I won't get into too much of a tangent. Sorry, to, but I, <laughs> I know I didn't leave you with much to say there because I just kind of changed no, the subject. You know, you actually, but you actually did like I, I've went off on that before too, right? Like you know uh, when people have criticized Day's play calling in the past, or 
you know, uh, you know, McCord's play or whatever, you know, I'm always the first to defend him because again, like, you know, a play didn't work. So it's Dave's fault. Okay. But why didn't the play work? Right. Is it a, you know, it was just one player missed an assignment, didn't make a block, you know, ran the wrong route, some sort of execution thing. And most of the time that's what it is, but you know, day gets the, day gets the heat for it. Right. Same thing with like the quarterback, like, you know, those couple interceptions that McCord threw the Michigan game. Right. Um, you know, that first one, was it bad? Should he have thrown it? No. Right. But at the same time, like nobody's going to sit here and talk about how, Maserati Marv just quit on the route and just didn't even try to defend. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he quit on the route, didn't even try to go after the ball. Like he was lazy on the route. Like, you know, there was just as much on Marv there as there was on McCord. And then that last play, you know, that we talked about again, our center and our guard literally just, you know, played footsies with each other on that last play and got McCord murdered. And that's why he threw that last. So again, you know, but, but it's McCord's fault. And it, Again, like you said, it's just people who don't, you know, I guess, you know, and not, I'm not saying everybody has to go break down film of every single game, but, you know, rewind the play, right? Like, if you see an interception, you're like, ah, oh, McCord, you freaking idiot. Rewind the play for five seconds and see, like, why did it happen? You know, did the right tackle just completely whiff on a, you know, on a block and get him killed? Or, you know, did the receiver run a different right? There's just all these different things. And I, it's just so, uh, it's real lazy. You know what I mean? It, it's just the easy thing to do. There, you know, the quarterback and the head coach are just an easy scapegoat. And um, yeah, I, sorry, I'll I'll get off of that too. But just stupidity. It's a lack of accountability. But um, let's uh, let's touch base more on some player acquisitions, and then we'll get into coaching because I know if I bring up. A little bit of coaching, then we're going to get really into it and then trying to get back to the player thing. So um, I will give you the honors. This may not be news to some people, but, you know, a lot of people don't always follow this stuff in the offseason. So you can let them know of our uh, most recent acquisition that you're super excited about. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate the honor here. Um, Yeah, this is just as of a couple, an hour or two ago here now. You know, I know this episode will be later but um we it's getting posted tomorrow so it's not gonna be too old okay all right all right um ohio state landed a uh, a five-star safety from alabama he was a um started as a true freshman um this year he was their leading tackler uh freshman all-american um he's also their punt returner which is kind of like another little added bonus with him um absolute superstar um there's guys that you get out of the portal that you're like oh you know this is solid this is a good move this is um you know this is a good depth piece this is a good contributor this is but this guy is an absolute game changer and if anybody watched uh, any amount of alabama football at all this year um he stood out like a sore thumb man and for a true freshman to do that it's um it's pretty crazy it's not it's not super um common and especially at a place like Alabama so you know him starting is impressive he he's the guy that coming out of high school you know he's from Georgia um which is really key here because you know us and Georgia were the two teams that were uh fighting for his commitment here um over the past couple days and um he was a player that I think you know said came down to Ohio State and Alabama coming out of high school he really really loved Ohio State but um, Nick Saban is who pushed him over the edge. He was the guy that secured his a co- commitment to Alabama 
And, um, you know, when, I, when Saban retired, you know, he, it was open season, man. He was, um, he was on the hunt, you know, he, when he went there just for Saban, you know, um, that, that changes a lot. And, um, the other thing was his, uh, his position coach, Tavares Robinson, I think his name, they call him T-Rob. Um, he left during the coaching change. He actually went to Georgia. He's going to be their defensive backs coach now. So really it came down to Ohio state and, and Georgia, because again, Ohio state was his kind of second favorite team out of high school. And then Georgia, you know, being the home team, right. He, you know, he's, he's from the state of Georgia. His position coach went there. Um, it kind of came down to us and them and, um, super glad he picked Ohio state, man. He's, he's an absolute game changer. And I, I can talk about more of the effects of, um, what it means for the roster and the other safeties and stuff uh, in our room here in a minute, but just an absolute massive, massive stu- superstar. And the the best thing about it is too, he was a true freshman this year, which means we get him for uh, at least two more years. You know, he's probably a three and done guy, but um, he's not just a one year guy. He's not a one year rental. We get him for two years. So just an absolute massive, massive win for Ohio state. Yeah, no, absolutely. And being that, you know, JTT's coming back. Um, and so with adding downs to our team, you're talking about I think there's going to be a significant increase in coverage sacks. And for those of you out there that are new listeners, I've actually had a few people reach out to me that they are not into football, but they've actually started listening to the football episodes because of um, – the dynamic between us is good. So they're learning. Um, so I like to throw out those, uh, answer any FAQs, I guess you would say. Um, but yeah, a coverage sack essentially is uh, when the defensive backs are covering their receivers so well that we end up getting a sack because the defensive linemen eventually come free and take the quarterback down. So, and I mean, uh, other than the Missouri game, most of our sacks last year were coverage sacks, to put that in perspective. And you're adding an All-American to that same backfield. Uh, that's that's wild, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's going to do what, – what's crazy is, like, I, I've been on Caleb Downs' watch is what I've been calling it for the past few days because – um, we didn't know when the commitment was going to come down, but we knew, we knew it was going to be, you know, kind of like a drop of the hat. And with, with all these, with all these insiders and stuff these days, like normally I, I know when a commitment is coming days, sometimes weeks ahead of time. And, um, I didn't have that with this one. I, everybody was kind of wrong, man. The national media, um, had him pegged to Georgia. They were like, oh, he's going to follow his, his position coach. And um, Ryan Day and the staff and the um, the NIL Foundation, they they gave him the old Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. Um, so it, it was it was such a big surprise here a little bit ago, a little bit ago. And um, I, I've heard too, uh, again through my the people that I listen to, um, he I think with this NIL deal, um, Caleb Downs is going to be the highest paid player on Ohio State next year. That's that's including Will Howard. That's including the returning players like JT Tui Maloow and Denzel Burke and Travion Henderson and some of these guys who got massive deals to come back. Um, they just threw a ridiculous amount of money at Caleb Downs. And it, it's such a win for Ohio State because, again, we've talked about 
they've had a lot of struggles with their, their NIL collective. And, um, you know, people have kind of outbid them a lot the past couple of years. And, um, you know, that's been really uh, upsetting because you're like, man, we could have had this guy, but you know, uh, he wanted to come to Ohio state, but you know, he couldn't turn down the money from Miami or he couldn't down the, turn the money, turn down the money from Texas A&M. And now Ohio state's that that's not a, um, it's not an issue anymore. You know, Ohio state's figuring out this NIL stuff and, um, they were actually able to outbid Georgia, which is, uh, which is a huge, huge win too. So the, between the NIL stuff, um, coming around and, you know, us making all these big moves, all these coaching changes, man, it's, it's, uh, so exciting. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I completely agree. And it's funny you brought up, um, Miami. Did you see that? Cam McCormick, their tight end, just got granted a ninth <laughs> year of in of eligibility. The dude's gonna be like twenty seven or twenty eight. But I actually I read his history. Um, most people would have quit football because the dude literally had four straight seasons of season ending injuries whether it be before the season started or um, um, like after the first game or second game. And then he also somehow as a red or when he was a red shirt, he played 13 games. So. Yeah, I did see that. I I mean, I saw the headline of it, but I, I'd never heard of the kid. I I didn't even, I didn't look him up. I, I didn't know how he got there, but it's crazy. Cause I know there's, you know, there's the COVID years and stuff, but like, that's just one extra year, right? Normally these guys, the max you, you normally stay, you get a red shirt year. So, you know, that's plus four years of eligibility of playing that's five years. But a lot of times they'll have like a, if you get a medical year because you had like a crazy injury, you might get an extra year, like a sixth year, um so with on top of that with the covid year seven i i, I understand that but like i've nine, seen seven yeah how do, you, how do you how do you get to nine like that's just like just mathematically i still don't i don't understand it <laughs> but um yeah i don't know i'm gonna have to do more research on that but yeah wild. that's well what's crazy is that he came out of the 2016 recruiting class <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> wow that's insane <laughs> Oh, that's funny. It's it, it is funny. Um, he's actually only twenty five. He turns twenty six in April, so well, he must have went to. Um, he must have left or high school early. But um, yeah, I just you brought up Miami, and I was like, ooh. I was like, I got to bring that up because that shit's funny. That's um, yeah, we talked about the Alabama guy. Uh, any other uh, player updates that you want to touch base on? Um, there's a couple potential, uh, I, I guess, ones. You know, nobody that we've landed so far. Um, I, I would keep an eye on a couple more players from Alabama. I don't think we're done. Um, adding from there because with, with a lot of these battles, you know, with recruiting, you know, I'm a, I'm a recruiting nerd. I've talked about that before. Like a lot of times, you know, these, these top guys, they come down to just 
you know, two or three schools, right? It, it comes down to Alabama and Ohio State, or it comes down to Georgia and Ohio State, or Alabama and Georgia, or, or you, you, you know what I'm saying? So, like, a lot of these players who are leaving, like, you know, if we were their second, third choice coming out of high school, you know, we're going to look be looking to get back in on, on these guys. And um, there's a guy this – is, this is crazy. Um, there's a, a kid from the 24 class um, – has, has entered the transfer portal from Alabama. His name's Julian Sayan. He's a quarterback from California, um, the number one quarterback in the country. And, um, again, heavily, heavily, heavily looked at Iowa State um, at one point. And there's been some, um, some, some, a lot of smoke around Julian Sayan right now, which is, which is wild to think of because we have, you know, Aaron Noland um, is our quarterback this year that we've talked about committed, who's in the same class. Um, but this is a guy who's much more polished, much more of a complete player. Like, there's a possibility that we're going to go after this guy. And um, it's wild because he committed to um, some guy named Bill O'Brien, who was Alabama's offensive coordinator um last year who might or might not be on a high state staff now which we'll get to in a minute um so i would keep i would keep your eyes on julian saying and and if the staff and um you know is going to go after him and possibly land him i don't know it's crazy and what that's going to do to the quarterback room if it's going to cause a couple guys to transfer i don't know maybe um but do i care um probably not if you can land this guy he's he's one of those players that you just take him and then you deal with the consequences later because he's that freaking good. So um, something to keep an eye on for sure. No, I, I completely agree. I am all for, and this is, I mean, a lot of people don't realize um, this is what we do with our wide receiver room. We stack it full of insanely good prospects whether that's, you know, um, I mean, realistically, it's all really recruiting uh, with what Heartline's done there with that. And I'm, I'm all for it. I would rather have five really good guys, four really good guys, and then the two best day and a couple leave than yeah. grasping at straws and being like, okay, cool, we've got our, our one guy. Let's hope he doesn't get hurt. So I, I'm all for having more talent and weeding out the the excess. Um, so, but if I mean I hate to say it, but it's time is not. I mean, even though time was on his side, but I don't think it's on his side anymore. Is uh, Devin Brown? Yeah. It's not looking good for him. You got Will Howard, who's going to come in and. Just by some of the stuff that he says, like, he's going to make sure that he – I mean, it's – I mean, honestly, it's his spot to lose. That's just the reality of it. I know they're going to compete, but they wouldn't have brought him in for his last year for him to ride the pine. Um, so, I, re- I really think it's his spot to lose. He's already taken the, the leadership role and the accountability piece and – understanding that hey at Ohio State the the expectation is you you beat Michigan you win your conference and you win national championships and 
you know, he's already came out and said that. And he says that he's um, ready to take on that challenge and uh, looks forward to competing. And that's which, I mean, granted, you're going to get those guys, right? They're going to be political in that nature and talk about like, oh, the culture here at this school or I'm going to compete, yada, yada, yada. But I really think this guy is going to come in, shake things up and, but you mentioned Aaron Nolan, right? So you got him coming in. And then if we go after this other guy, I mean, you're talking about Aaron Nolan and this other guy, maybe both potentially being on the roster. And and then you stack up Devin Brown. The only thing Devin Brown's going to have is that he's been on the team longer. Yeah. And then you all have Lincoln as well. So it's just – and unfortunately for Lincoln um, – I mean, just based on what we saw, and granted, it's a really unwinnable type of scenario that he got dropped into in the bowl game. But that bowl game, I think that also set him back pretty far. Yeah. So that's just my opinion on that. I think, too, like one thing that um, is very clear about Day is like he – He's he's definitely showing that you know his career is coming down to next year. Like you said, you know he's pushing all the chips into the table, and uh, and um, you know he he knows that you you just can't. He, he's not worried about two or three years from now, right? He's he's going to do every single move possible that he can to make sure twenty twenty four is an improvement over twenty twenty three. And um, so if that means you know bringing in. Will Howard and Julian Sayan and, you know, or freaking Tom Brady, whoever, he doesn't care, man. If that, if that means clearing out your, 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 your quarterback room entirely, um, you know, he's going to do it. And, and there's a, there's a pretty uh, significant coach um, who, who has done that in the past named Nick Saban. He is a guy who like just notoriously year after year, man, he's making coaching changes. He's bringing in portal guys, you know, he's, he's making these moves. And um, he doesn't, he, you know, Nick Saban never cared who he pisses off. He doesn't care if, you know, you've got a room full of five-star guys, if there's, if they're underperforming and there's a guy out there that's playing better than him, like than them, he's going to bring him in. And if those guys up and transfer, then, you know, who cares? That's on him. Like he's going to make the necessary moves um, regardless of what anybody else thinks, regardless of what, um, you know, whether the players are happy or not. And, um, you know, that's that's one thing that I like to see from Day that it, it's kind of reflective of Saban is like, you know, he's making these moves and he's he's basically going from, you know, from, uh, you know, keeping everybody happy to saying, you know, I don't care if you're happy or not. You know, we're going to do what we whatever we got to take to win at any cost. And um, I, I'm, I'm just loving every second of it. Well, yeah. And one of the biggest things that, really set the tone with Saban and proving that he does not care what the scenario is, is whenever he pulled uh, Jalen Hurts in the national championship game and put two in there. And what ended up happening, Jalen Hurts uh, transferred, went to Oklahoma. And so that's just one little example. Um but yeah, with the coaching changes and stuff like that, the whole uh, Bill O'Brien's. Uh, what do What do you think about that, Bill O'Brien? Yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, again, for the people out there, maybe who don't know, um, high state, uh, brought in Bill O'Brien for the, um, offensive coordinator job. Um, you know, he was a head coach in the NFL and at the college level. He's been an offensive coordinator and, and here for, for a lot of different teams and, I will say when I first heard the name, I've been hearing a lot of names coming up. Um, and when I first heard that name, I didn't think, number one, I didn't think it was realistic. And number two, I was like, that's not really, it just seemed weird. I, I didn't, I didn't see it happening. Um, so my first thing was like, man, I don't know about it. I, I was a little indifferent. I wouldn't say I loved it. I wouldn't say I hated it. Um, but the more I've looked at things, like the more I've started, started to like it. Um, you know, he's not like the sexiest hire, right? As far as like so many people out there had the pipe dream of like, let's go get Joe Brady from the Bills or let's go get um, Cliff Kingsbury from USC or um, whoever. So anybody besides that was probably going to be a disappointment for a lot of people. But when you look at what Day is trying to accomplish with the offense, he he wants to give, you know, so to speak, the keys to the car to somebody he can trust, right? And he really wanted to do that with Brian Hartline. He took he spent all last offseason trying to groom Hartline, trying to get him ready, trying to even just get him halfway there. And um he kind of came to the conclusion that um Hartline wasn't ready. And so, you know, what he did with um the defensive side of the ball, he brought in Jim Knowles to be what he calls quote unquote the head coach of the defense. He turned the keys over to, to, to Knowles. He's like, you got the defensive side of the ball. I trust you. Every decision you make, you know, it's on you. He's looking to do the exact same thing with offense. You know, he, he wants somebody that he can say, all right, you're the head coach of the offense. Um, I, I, I can trust you to, to run things the way I want it to be run. That way I can be the head coach of the team. And it's just such a perfect move when, it, when, you, when you look at it from, from his perspective of, you know, this is a veteran guy who's been hired by both Nick Saban and Bill Belichick multiple times. So even if you think the worst of Bill O'Brien, he's a terrible coach, he hasn't won a championship here and there, blah, blah, blah. I can tell you right now, the two best uh, head coaches who have ever coached <laughs> in the National Football League or college football, both have hired this guy. So from what Day's looking for, you know, somebody he can trust, somebody with experience, somebody with major major head coaching experience major resume um it, it fits the bill perfectly so i i think it's a it's it's a good hire from that standpoint you know um I, a lot of fans are are indifferent on it some love it some hate it um but really you know the the, the truth of it's probably somewhere in between as far as the quality of a hire but um Whoa. again for what they trying to accomplish i think it's 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 a good move so he also coached under uh, joe paterno did you know that? Yeah, because I know he he took over for at Penn State, Penn State that that one year, right? Right. It would have been two thousand thirteen. Thirteen, fourteen ish. Yeah, he was His the one that had to navigate him through. Right, right. He was the one who had to navigate Penn State through all those sanctions and stuff. Also, I think this is worth noting. Um, he was the head coach whenever Deshaun Watson was putting up insane numbers while while he was starting down there. And they didn't even have, like, a lot of weapons. 
and he was, you know, doing all the play calling and everything for the offense. Um, so I think that's something to note as well. So he has experience working with, you know, top level guys. And I, I mean, personally, I'm not mad about it whatsoever. I think it's, it's a necessary hire, regardless of, you know, who we were going to end up selecting. I'm just curious to see is he just going to be the offensive coordinator or is he going to be the play caller as well? Because I haven't seen an announcement regarding the actual play call. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you break – I don't think a guy like Bill O'Brien just with his um, uh, pedigree and experience, I don't think he comes without – you know what I'm saying? Like without being being the play caller. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't think he makes that move unless um, – unless that's part of the deal, you know? Well, I mean, if you look at it, when he was at Bama, he was a uh, press box guy. So I just, you know, I I don't think it's a bad hire personally. Um, I am hopeful that they're working out. I don't know um, with Heartline and, you know, that kind of thing. I'm hoping that, whatever we're doing, that we're doing the right things to make sure that he stays with us long-term. Um, because I do think that there's a really good opportunity for him to develop into a really good coach. He just doesn't have enough time in the seat. Yeah. Yeah, and one thing I'll say about O'Brien, too, is, like, I think this is just um, for, for, for Day's first season of, you know, handing over the play calling um, – this was just the, you know, where he felt the most comfortable, you know what I mean? Like he, um, he could have hired some young up and comer who's maybe only been an OC for a, a year or two, but like, he just didn't trust somebody like that as much as a guy like O'Brien. And um, I, I think for, you know, again, for his transition of this is my first year giving up play calling, it's gotta be somebody I can rely on. And um I think whether for, for O'Brien more than likely, you know, is he a guy who's here long-term? No, it's probably going to be just a year or two before he's off to somewhere else, but he's a good transition piece for, like you said, maybe, you know, Heartline can learn under him and, and, and um, we can start grooming Heartline to be the OC. And the other thing I've seen people say is like with Heartline had day brought in a guy who, was just kind of a an up and comer, you know, not like a a superstar crazy name. Maybe that would have offended him more um, th- than being like a a Bill O'Brien because you know what I'm saying like if they bring in a guy who's just kind of you know that you feel is maybe even with you in terms of like talent or, or resume or whatever, you you might get kind of offended. You know, you might be right. like, oh dang, like, why not just give it to Heartline at that point? They're just. Yeah, like at this point, like the, you're, you're, you're kind of crapping on me by bringing in this guy who's, you know, only like a, been coaching a year longer than me and, and whatever. But like if you bring in a guy like Bill O'Brien, you're like, oh, OK, you know what I mean? Like I, I understand. So I, I think being bringing in a guy like that, you know, maybe Heartline won't be as um, quite as offended. You know what I mean? Like I think he he knows what's on the uh, the days on the chopping block and it's coming down to. You know, his day's career is coming down to next year. It's it's a one yeah. year. He's only worried about one year. And um, I, I think Hartline understands that. And, again, maybe he can learn under him. And then, like you said, kind of set up a plan for him to take over at some point here in the next few years or something like that. So, 
Sorry. I was <clears throat> I was a little bit of a yawn, not because you're boring, just because Oh wow. I'm, hey. I'm tired, dude. I'm offended. Uh, <laughs> no, you're good. Um but yeah, I mean I agree. I we are ten million percent and win this year mode. And I honestly, I would love nothing more than obviously because I'm a fan uh, to see Ohio State, you know, go on and win a national championship this year. I would also love to see it for uh, Ryan Daysink to give him a little bit of breathing room. You know what I mean? Like that, if he, if yeah. we go on and win a natty this uh, upcoming season, that would give him a little bit of breathing room. And honestly, I think that would help him relax to the point where he would probably be an even better coach. Yeah. Right. Cause some people will be like, Oh, yeah. you know, those, those first two, three years at Ohio state day was fantastic. And then he just fell off the wagon. It's like, well, no, that's not the case. It's he wasn't on a hot seat. He was relaxed and he was able to, you know, have a lot more of a clear focus. And then that first loss to Michigan happened. What happened? The entire Ohio State fan base is up in arms. And then 2022 rolled around, and then it's like, okay, like, uh, what the hell is going on here? And then this year, and now they're all, you know what I mean? So it's just, I think that um, if we can, or even if we, you know, go through next season and we make it in that, like, final four, um, maybe even final two, that would uh, help you know, relieve some of the pressure. But at the same time, it's not like we haven't, you know, competed in the playoffs under yeah. day. Yeah. So, but everybody loves to play the comparison game. You know, they like to say the whole John Cooper thing. They like to say the, um, oh, he was never, never going to be as good as Urban. And, and maybe he will never be as good as, Urban, but that's also like, hey, is Caleb DeBoer going to be as good as Saban? Yeah. Doesn't mean he can't be a successful coach. That's the problem. Is there? That's the the expectation. The expectation of the Boomer Ohio State fans is, oh, if the coach isn't like Woody Hayes, then it's not a good coach. And then, you know, our, our generation's like, oh, if it's not like Urban, that's not a good coach. And it's like, okay, like, it's not really how that works, but I just yeah. feel like it's just it's a it's such a stereotypical fan thing is to just play the comparison game. That's like even I mean I personally I don't love comparing stats either. You know, because you get those people who are like oh the, the the hardcore stat guys and they talk about oh this person's not as good because of X, Y, and Z, and if you compare this stat to this stat, and it's like, well, there's this little thing called circumstance that, you know, is it the same set of circumstances? Is it different? And, of course, that could get me into a life thing, too, but I don't want to go, <laughs> I don't need to turn this into a other kind of podcast. <laughs> no. no, so just a, a couple like with with day is like what one thing people have to remember and again i know at ohio state you, you don't get any kind of leniency you don't get any leeway there are no excuses but you know day was a first-time head coach like he 
he didn't get to go, you know, he didn't get to pull an Urban Meyer and go cut his teeth at Utah and, and Bowling Green and, 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 you know, a few different places before he became a head coach. Like, your very first head coaching job was Ohio State, the pinnacle of, uh, of just football, you know, one of the one of the most high pressure situations in, in all of football, regardless of, you know, NFL or NCAA. And, um, you know, see, he's learning like he's he was a young coach. And I'm not talking about young as in, you know, years of life. I'm talking about in in years of being a head coach. And, you know, you're learning on the fly again. He didn't get to go make all these mistakes at a lower level program and, and learn from them from them there like he's he's making these mistakes you know live in real time at at ohio state and um you know every year again we see he has these flaws he has these weaknesses in his team and his coaching staff and year after year he keeps learning and just getting a little bit better each year and um that's just really hard to do like it's hard to come in and be a first-time head coach at ohio state so again for what he's you know, had to undertake, you know, being so young in his coach, a head coaching career. Like I, I think he's done an admirable, admirable, more than admirable job. You know, he only has six losses or seven losses now, which whatever, but you know, so from that standpoint, I'm glad he's, you know, he's learning, he's getting a little bit better. Does he still have flaws, things that we can talk about that he can improve on? Absolutely. Um, but he's getting better and he's, he's making changes. Um, year after year so uh, again he's learning he's he's getting there but um what a freaking off season he's had man you know ever since that bowl game ended i mean i don't know that there's a team ever in history that's had you know such a an amazing off season so far and it's only january you know with all these all these returning players all these portal guys all these coaching changes all these he's just done a, a fantastic job so i'm just rocking with day right now man he's He's doing great. He's doing great. Yeah, no, uh, I'm right there with you, man. Um, I am super with all the all the new acquisitions, the retention that we've maintained from last year to coming into this year. I I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm excited for it. Can't wait till spring stuff starts happening. I'm picking up. Uh, that'll you know get to see some of that early competition amongst the team. Um, see where some of the depth chart pieces are going to kind of fall. Um, obviously, the wide receiver room is going to have, you know, some changes. Um, I don't know, like, tight end-wise. I mean, I know we talked about that with, you know, there's G. Scott. And um, I don't know if he's all the way there. So, I'm hoping I'm hoping there's a nice development time frame for him going into next season right working on making sure he catches the ball before he runs that's like I feel like that's his biggest downfall is the dude well that and blocking he cannot block to save his life as a tight end um but he you know he's one of those guys that he gets so excited because he's got a lot of speed and he's explosive but then he'll just pick off running for even secures the ball it's like yo buddy go ahead and rein that thing in so uh <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to start seeing these competitions spike. And uh, really, honestly, I'm really looking forward to the defense this coming year. Oh, man. Yeah, it's crazy. You think about, I mean, we already have, you, you know, just by what we had returning, like we, we're already returning the top five defense for next year. Um, and then throw in Caleb Downs 
who again was a freshman All-American. I mean, that you're talking about possibly quite possibly the best defense in the country next year. I mean, we're talking about maybe one of the best defenses, the best defense in, in Buckeye history. I mean, their their secondary is um, absolutely ridiculous. You know, you got Lathan Ransom coming back, who who's had a phenomenal couple years. You know, until he's got hurt right at the end of the year. Um, throw in Caleb Downs there. Um, you, you got Denzel Burke, Jordan Hancock, Davison Igbenosin. I mean, that right there is all American after all American after all American. Um, same thing on the defensive line, man. It's going to be crazy good. Um, linebackers, where we're going to have to figure a couple things out. Um, you know, yeah. I, I think um, uh, CJ Hicks is a guy who's a five star, um, has a lot of promise. Looked a little lost this year at times when he when he got in there, um, but has a ton of upside. Um, Cody Simon is a guy who was kind of the backup this year. You know, the, the problem is, too, we only play two linebackers um, in, in Jim Knoll's system, right? We run that kind of nickel 100% of the time where you play five de- defensive backs. So we only play two linebackers rather than your traditional three. So you only got to get two guys. Um, Cody Simon looked really good whenever he got in there. And I'm hearing now that um, it might have happened anyways, but especially now that um, we, we've got Caleb Downs back there, you got Latham Ransom, you got a couple other good young guys. Um, I'm hearing Sonny Styles might be moving a linebacker. Um, really? So that's going to be really interesting. Another guy who, um, ton of upside, a huge athletic freak, but kind of outgrowing the uh, the safety position a little bit. I think I don't know that he's got the covered skills because i mean the dude's like six four you know 225 pounds and if you move him to linebacker he can easily add 10 15 pounds of muscle this offseason um so i I might be moving to linebacker so again the defense is going to be amazing and then like you said on offense you still got tight ends a little bit of a concern and offensive lines obviously got to get better so wouldn't be surprised to see a couple moves there but just you you just got to remember from you know from where we've been the past couple years like we've been inches away you know and in 22 if that kick goes through the uprights you know we're talking about a national championship we were a kick away and then you know you're talking about this year 23 again you you're right there on your side of the field on on michigan side of the field you know trying to score with your hands the ball in your hands you know right at the end and again had a couple things you know just a couple plays here and there gone your way you know you might be talking about beating the playoffs so Ohio State's just been so freaking close these past two years. And, um, you know, have we upgraded the team? Are we a better team coming in next year than we were this year? There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, I mean, again, are we a perfect team? You know, do we still have a couple holes we got to figure out? Absolutely. Um, But I I think this team, you know, again, we were already really close. And um, we've gotten a heck of a lot closer here over the past couple weeks. So, I mean, again, it's, it's national championship or bust next year. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, the one thing I think that we have to be careful of, and I think any top two, top three team, the biggest threat is where it is that 12-team playoff and it gets a little March Madness-like, right? Where you just get that one team, they just get hot on one certain game and – next thing you know, your team gets put out when in reality you should have never been. So that, that's, that's one of the big threats, I think. Now, 
if it was like 16 teams, then I would definitely say it's a big threat, or if it was more than that. But 12, it's a small threat. But if you're one of those top four, you're still getting a bye. So not as big of a threat, but still an area of concern. Okay, well, uh, do you have any uh, additions you want to throw in before we close this thing out? Not really. I mean, I think we touched on some of the big stuff. Uh, I mean, I, I, I've got a few more coaching things I could throw in maybe again for the next one. That we, you know, we've made a couple other changes. But one thing I do want to say, too, not to like kind of, I guess, to kind of brag on myself for a second is like, Remember after the Michigan game, I said I, I kind of gave three things that I wanted to fix. I've I just realized I've kind of hit on all those. Like um, my my number one thing was to like open up the quarterback competition, right? Like we need a new quarterback. Well, we did. We got Will Howard, so boom, I hit that one. I said um, Parker Fleming, the special teams coach, right? We need to get rid of him and get James Laurinaitis on the staff, which that um, Fleming's gone. And it looks like from what I'm hearing, Laurinaitis is going to be um, hired. And then day needed to give up play calling, which out of all the, which all of those three things I thought was the most unlikely and probably wasn't going to happen. And he's doing that too. So like those three things, like my three wishes came true. And I'm very proud of that. <laughs> what do you want a cookie? I want a cookie, man. <laughs> Big old chocolate chip one. No, no, I'm, I'm just messing with you. Um, no, what you guys don't see that uh, goes into these episodes here is Zach is the pack mule of information, folks. This dude, and unfortunately, it's it's a time zone issue. That <laughs> It's a time zone issue. And those of you that have never had to try to make something like this work out, um, across multiple time zones, you don't know what I'm talking about, but Zach will send me Harry Potter like novels of information. <laughs> and I'm like, and normally it always comes home at work, but for him, he's off work because he's three hours ahead of me. And yeah. what happens is a lot of times I'll open it on my watch, right? And I'll see how long it is. And I'm like, oh shit, all right, I'll read that um, as soon as I finish this thing. And then it's like one of those where I'm like, ah, oh, okay, I gotta, I'm gonna get back to this. And then I'll get all like get so caught up because it's the end of my day, so I'm like sitting in traffic trying to get home, get my kid. <clears throat> We've been practicing baseball every day, so trying to get up and practice baseball, and then instantly come down and fix dinner. Um, if he's got like his weekly book readings that he has to do, so read those. And then take care of the dogs, clean up. And then so it's like all these little things just pile up, pile up. And next thing you know, it's like 8, 9 p.m. my time, which for him is 11 or midnight. And sometimes he'll send me a text and be like, okay, I'll go fuck myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I'm like, oh, no, no, I forgot to respond. And I feel like such a POS. Or there's sometimes where I literally just won't have the capacity like just because I'm so exhausted and I don't want to take away from his efforts with a half-assed response. Um, so high, high praise to Zach and his diligent research that he covers. He makes this segment of the podcast for me insanely easy. I just get on here and throw out a little bit of stuff and make some jokes and 
Um, he's the he's the pack mule of uh, information, folks. So I think it's important you guys know who the brains of this operation is. No, not not at all, man. And I, I don't I don't get offended by it at all because again, I know I know how freaking busy you are. So it, it's it's totally okay. And um, I, I don't mind it one bit. I, again, I'm the I'm the nerd that every second of free time I have, um, you know, it does go into uh, you know looking at football stuff and reading about Ohio State and watching the Ohio State podcast. And that's kind of my thing too. Is like that, you know, during while I'm cooking dinner, normally I've gotten a high State podcast running in the background and and uh, and stuff like that. So that's just it, it eats up every bit of my free time. And you've got much bigger priorities <laughs> than. Uh, you know, than I do. I mean, again, I have, I have kids and I have a job and all that stuff too, but, um, you know, you're, you're, you're dealing with a lot more than I am at this moment. So, well, I'll tell you what I'm dealing with, dude, is I'm on my third. Did I say, I don't know if I sent you a photo of it. I'm on my third dang dog door flap in two months because my dog won't stop eating the MFR. So, but I smartly, when I was at the store today, bought some of that bitter this one's bitter cherry i think it's normally called like bitter apple or sour apple or something i don't know spread it all over it so i hope he goes to take a little chomp and he gets that bitter bitter ass taste and leaves it alone um so i can stop having an exposed hole um so thankfully i got those (laughs) um what a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I am jealous of your snow that you're getting. Yeah. That's the other thing I was going to say, too, is, you know, as far as me having uh, just a little bit more time on my hands than you, um, I didn't go to work a single day this week. We, we had, we had, <laughs> just kinda, you know, really teacher, good. You know, it's, it's the literal one perk that we have as teachers is, is you know, the kind of the, the snow days. <laughs> and, um, you know, we had we had Monday off, obviously, for Martin Luther King Day. Um, we had a snow day Tuesday, Wednesday, um, Thursday. We actually had a two hour delay. Um, so we did have school, but I actually I stayed home because our our five year old was um, was sick. So I stayed home with him. And then um, today, which is Friday, we had another snow day. So I, I did not work a single day this week. <laughs> and, meanwhile, uh, I've been a lazy piece of crap. Meanwhile, you've been, you know, running your no, off over there. Meanwhile, so. on top of that, um, one of my team members is no longer with the team, not dead, just in case I make it sound that way. Um, so that person's job now has to be done. So um, somehow, there's more work but less hours in the day. I don't really understand how that math. That must be that new math that they talk right. about, um, right. or maybe that's like girl math that they talk about. Oh yeah, yeah, girl. Because like, that's 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 a big thing. Dad math. Um, so I haven't heard dad math yet. I feel like dad math would be like we're gonna make it a thing. I don't. Yeah, I'd have to think about that. Although, ooh. <laughs> Um, so one of the things folks, um, those of you that watch my regular episodes, I did go video. I did go video. Uh, first one went live today, recorded it last night. Um, trying to use persuasion and peer pressure to get Zach to do video recorded ones. 
so we can get this on video because I think, in my personal opinion, I think the dynamic and flow and just – I feel like there would be a lot more laughter um, just because facial expressions and uh, just – I think it would be a lot of fun. Um, and then also I would love to do a little one-on-one uh, -on -one podcast, a little Q&A action with you. I was meaning to ask you that earlier, but I figure I might as well put you on the spot here live so you feel obligated to say yes. <laughs> a Q&A with me where like people are asking us questions or where you are asking me questions? What do you I'm asking you questions. Ah, great. <laughs> I mean, I'm down I'm down for it. I'm a little um I'm a little apprehensive about the video thing even though I've said like before like I think the video would be cool that way we can kind of you know, maybe show some you know, again like a, a little a video clip. Or something. A little video clip here and there or something. Um but at the same time, I'm afraid that um, you know, once people see my face, these views are going to go away. <laughs> Listen, dude, I, I, if I haven't drove them away yet, they're not going anywhere. Okay, all right. Because some of my <laughs> podcasts that I'd be recording, I'd be playing Call of Duty, just rambling. <laughs> and then I'll like, I like, I, I don't know why it's kind of relaxing. To, uh, there's like two or three episodes where I'm literally just late night rambling. Um playing call of duty and you can always tell even though it's not video but you can tell when i like get in a serious situation on the game because i'll like pause for like a minute <laughs> and then i'm like oh sorry i almost died there <laughs> people people hearing gunshots in the background and stuff like dang this guy lives in some some inner city or something <laughs> well and that, that's what's even crazier is when i record those episodes all i do is put my microphone on and I listen to the Call of Duty uh, sounds. So, like, I don't know what I sound like or anything. I'm just, like, going with it. Uh, oh, it's, it's fun. Um, I will say I am trying to be trying to be a little more um, serious about it this year with the podcast. I mean, we I talked about last year wanting to get the video up and going. And um, here I got the first one posted today. Uh, and it's only the 19th of January, so I feel like I'm actually, you know, being accountable in that manner. Um, so I'm looking forward to see, and I know we talked about that at the end of the 2023 episode, but I really am looking forward to seeing this college football segment with you take off. Um, and I'm hoping, and I haven't really discussed this with you yet, but um, what I would really like is if we can get it decent enough it might be its own podcast. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And then I, my like my current one that we're on right now would be like my own thing, and then we would have our own thing together. Um, different name, okay. different – you know what I mean? Like that would be pretty cool yeah. to do. Um, essentially just build the following and all that stuff on this channel and then migrate, um, see if we can get migration – over to another channel and yeah. it'd be fun because um, then it would be something where I can make you do like social media posts and stuff like that too which Ooh. I know you're just dying to do <laughs> yeah no but it does I, I mean I guess it does make sense though for, to kind of separate the sports from the your your normal um, I guess everything else content right I mean that, that does kind of make sense I guess a lot of I don't want to call you creators, but you know, a lot of creators do that, right. Where they have different, 
channels for different things and stuff. So yeah, that kind of makes sense. Well, and my big thing is I just want to make sure that whatever this ends up becoming that you get your proper credit and due diligence. You know what I mean? Because yeah. at the end of the day, like, okay, you're like, oh that. yeah, you know. Well, I do though. <laughs> I do because you're putting, you know, you're giving me. It's not like we're sitting here recording like 35 minute episodes. Damn near every episode we record is like 90 minutes or more. So yeah. it's a lot of time, effort, energy put into it. And I want to make sure that you get your proper credit and due diligence and recognition. And um, so I just, I'd been thinking about that earlier today. I was going to bring it up to you, but hey, why not bring it up on here so that way you feel more peer pressure? <laughs> Whatever. I guess if, if we had the video on right now, you'd see me rolling my eyes right now. So <laughs> I don't need I don't need any credit, man. I just love talking about this stuff. Love talking to you. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, I think we should end it on that sweet note. Um, especially in Valentine's Day coming up. Um, yeah, so that's all I've got. Do you have any last last questions comments concerns anything i got nothing i got nothing man we 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 covered a bunch of it um i will say i i I do fully expect to um get back to work next week and not be a total uh a total piece of crap so yeah look forward to that hey man god decided you you earned it And in the meantime, I'm going to pray for more snow. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, all I can do is just pray that the temperature gets down in the the 30s and maybe they'll cancel the city. <laughs> there you go. But, all right, man. Well, I appreciate you uh, being flexible. It's midnight Zach's time. So he's putting in the, uh, the burning the midnight oil. Um <laughs> But yeah, so I appreciate you making this happen and working with me and my ever-changing, ever-busy schedule. I promise I'll do better at making myself a little more available than what I have been. Um, so I'm uh, I'm looking forward already to getting next week's episode recorded, though. I, I'm, I'm loving where this stuff's going, so looking yeah. forward to it. Absolutely, man. Not a problem, man. I'll, I'll do this anytime. All right, bro. Well, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, that's going to wrap up this episode of Drew and Co. Unplugged College Football Edition with Zach. Uh, We have been sponsored by the Racing Downtown Athletic Club. You can stop in Racing Ohio if you happen to be there. Give Tom a shout out. You can uh, talk uh, local high school sports. I think they still talk about that stuff in there Um, or just about anything else. And, you know, you might be able to even uh, beg for a haircut. So sounds like a pretty good time to me, if you ask me. Um, Yeah. So stay safe, stay blessed, and thanks for listening. Until next time.